0: Hey, welcome, welcome, everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters, and I am your host, Caroline Rutterman. And we are sitting down today with a massage therapist, Kate Hennessy. Welcome, Kate.
1: Thanks so much, Caroline. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. Um, so on your website, um, you talk about that you are a trauma-informed and deep tissue massage. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what, what is trauma-informed massage?
1: Yeah, so I first became interested in trauma-informed massage when I started volunteering at People's Medicine Project.
0: Oh, I love that place. We've had oh, them on yeah. the show here. Oh,
1: awesome. Yeah. yeah, it's so great. Such a great resource for folks.
0: Yep. Do you want to tell yeah. them really quickly what uh, the People's Medicine Project is in Greenfield?
1: Yeah, so their goal, their focus is to provide free alternative health and wellness services. So that's anything from acupuncture craniosacral reiki um, herbalism and massage therapy so that's for folks with a history of substance abuse and people with trauma as well
0: Mm, absolutely so you were volunteering Um, up there
1: yeah i started in september and i've kind of always been interested in reaching another population with massage and i reached out to leslie and we connected, and been, yeah, I've been learning, learning a lot about it. And for me, being trauma informed is being pretty much being super respectful of every person that I'm working with, and not providing any kind of advice or insight unless asked. But really, for me, it's about listening with compassion and mm. trust. And for some folks that have had a history of trauma, they don't like being touched in a certain area, so for me it's really important also to have a pretty thorough intake process and ask if there's any area to be avoided. Um, And I always check in about pressure a few minutes into the session, during the session, and if they're not comfortable giving verbal cues with if something doesn't feel right or if they just decided that oh I really don't want my feet touched to kind of just wave their hand and let me know that that's an area that should be avoided.
0: And so when when you say something like you know try to be like a really good lish- listener and not give any kind of unprompted advice, um, that's something that I feel like on accident people do all the time. Is right not fully being present listening and you know sometimes just giving a quick suggestion about solutions or something so how how do you how do you hold back i mean how do you get yourself into that state of mind of being a good a good listener or and and, you know kind of practicing those trauma informed like uh practices
1: right it's it's definitely a challenge i do catch myself giving advice, insight, more so to clients in my own practice, um, just because it's um, it's more private. And at uh, Pupil's Medicine Project at the Recover Recovery Center in Greenfield, it's very communal. Um, so it's an open room where everyone's kind of talking and um, acupuncturists, craniosacral therapists. And I really, for me, just listening, it, It can be difficult but for most of these uh, for most of the clients that I see I don't know them super well I've seen some of them mostly just once or twice Um, so I can't really assume anything about their health history or their concerns besides what they let me know in person Um, but it's also being a massage therapist it's I try to stay within my scope of practice so, giving advice about nutrition or herbs—that's that's not really my specialty. Um, maybe I know a little bit about that stuff, but I don't feel comfortable giving people advice um, when that's not my when that's not my focus. And there's other folks there that can give that advice.
0: Hmm, that's really cool. Yeah, it takes a lot of mindfulness to to maintain that, but probably it probably people probably feel it when they're there. Right. Yeah, Yeah. lovely. So, um, and so you, so tell me a little bit about deep tissue massage, because I know that there's so many types of massage therapy. Um, Can you tell us a little bit about what deep tissue means um, from a practitioner's point of view?
1: Right, yeah. Um, So I went to the massage school in East Hampton. Um, I graduated there a few years ago, and kind of the focus, what I learned there, what I felt like I learned, and the best at was doing deep tissue massage and that it works well for so many different kinds of people and for me what works what works best with clients is kind of focusing on different areas of pain so When people say, oh, I have like this huge knot in my back and it's not, it's not a knot. It's could be one of two things could be a trigger point. So that's an area of pain that refers pain to another area of your body. So that could be in your shoulder. And if I'm applying pressure there with, usually I use my elbows kind of just lean in and it goes up to your neck. Then that's a trigger point.
0: Ah, okay. Yeah,
1: and then a tender point is kind of just an area of pain that's kind of painful, but not not referring anywhere else. Kind of just concentrated in that area. Um, so deep tissue massage, what the work that I do focuses on on that, um, and doing that, at, I work kind of slowly to tune into those areas and apply pressure and kind of. S- just sit there for a little bit, um, kind of working slow and with intention. I think is yeah, it's pretty much how I work.
0: So it being deep tissue, it means that you're really kind of you're like getting in there, right, on a deeper muscular level.
1: Right, it's beyond kind of beyond the surface level of our body, um, kind of in um, in between the muscles and the bones, like the fascia, that layer.
0: So what? What? So, you know, when somebody when you know somebody's looking at all these different types of massage therapies, what would make them? What would make, from a consumer standpoint, what would make somebody say like, oh, I need I need uh, deep tissue rather than sports massage or Swedish or trigger point or you know the list goes on and on.
1: Right. Yeah. So I've seen a number of people with chronic pain. So pain from maybe um, autoimmune disease or um, pain also from an injury that's kind of been lasting for a long time, or from an, like, an acute injury where something just happened and you have severe pain in one area of your body. Um, so I would say those are the two best, but athletes can also really benefit from deep tissue massage. Um, I have some clients that I work with pretty regularly um, that really benefit from relieving soreness, and it also helps to recover faster, uh, recover faster after a workout as well.
0: Oh, very cool. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah. nice. Do you? Uh, what's your favorite type of massage to receive?
1: So I'm not actually like a deep tissue kind of person. Um, I would say, I mean, I, I benefit from it, but I... I don't like feeling so much pain when I'm receiving massage. Mm-hmm. So probably somewhere between like a Swedish and deep tissue. Um, I've had a few massages that involved cupping. Not sure if you know much about cupping.
0: Yeah, well tell, tell people what cupping is, how you understand it.
1: Yeah, so it, I don't um, practice it in my practice right now. I hope to learn this year. Um, but it's silicone cups that are kind of, you put on certain parts of the body where there's a lot of tension, pain. And it kind of sucks up your skin and um, you can kind of adjust the tension to be you know really hard but you can also move the cups around and it's it's hard to explain how it feels but it just feels so great it feels so good um so i really enjoyed that and it really also makes it easier for the massage therapist to work deeper so it kind of takes some pressure off the massage therapist but you're still getting still getting a pretty thorough massage yeah
0: it almost just sucks well in um in acupuncture it's used uh, on traditional chinese medicine and that kind of form uh and they say it kind of like pulls out a lot of the stagnancy. So the the cups, if you've ever seen anyone that has these circular, different color bruises, almost right. they're, they're you're pulling the toxins and the uh, stagnancy in in that kind of language um, out of straight out of the muscle. Right. right exactly. Straight out. But mm-hmm. it, it looks like a giant hickey on your back.
1: Right. Circular yeah. Circular hickey. Yeah, it's really gaining popularity. I know. I think Michael Phelps did that um, um, yeah. while he was. Training for the Olympics. Yeah, um, yeah, that's really
0: cool. So you enjoy getting cupping.
1: Mm-hmm, I do. Yeah, I'm hoping to take a uh, take a class this spring to incorporate into my practice. Very
0: cool. Yeah. When did you get started with your whole massage therapy career?
1: Yeah. So it started. Um, so I moved to the valley about five and a half years ago. And when I moved here, I did a lot of farming. I worked probably on like five or six different farms Mm -hmm. in the valley. And I really loved using my hands, having that connection to the earth. um, Did they get you
0: at the uh, People's Medicine Project? Did they get you to work on their herb farm up there?
1: No, I haven't. I would love to, though. Yeah, I should talk to Leslie about that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure she'll rope you in.
1: Yeah, yeah, that'd be great. (laughs) Yeah.
0: so you started working on farms. Yeah,
1: it- yeah, and it—I uh, loved having that connection to the earth, and we're just—I just feel so blessed to live here. Mm. Um, just the abundance of local food, the access—it's super, super incredible. Um, but it, it proved to be really hard on my body, um, particularly. I was working at um, doing CSA distribution in a barn, concrete floor, lifting. You know, 50 pounds of vegetables at a time for nine hours a day, it was it was really hard. And get strong. Yeah, I, well, I knew I couldn't sustain it long term. And I, I knew that there was something else that I wanted to do something kind of deeper. So in the winter 2016, I kind of massage kind of just like popped into my mind one day after kind of meditating on what's the next step? What else do I want to do? And I found out that the massage school East Hampton was right down the road from where I was living, so I applied and just kind of knew after visiting, talking with some of the teachers there that it was what I wanted to do. Wow! So That's yeah, cool. yeah, it's been really rewarding. Yeah,
0: it's fabulous. Yeah. yeah, I think sometimes when you have those moments of career change, it's, it's, you know, sometimes people are just like, well, I'm just going to try this one, and then you try these new things and then all of a sudden something just, it just feels so right. Right. You know, I'm, exactly. I remember when I had a career change when I was going into Reiki, I was so stressed out. I, was tra- I had already transitioned out of working in vintage and so I started working uh, regular retail because that was sort of parallel. And I uh, just had a job that kind of took a little piece of my soul away and I just randomly, trying to feel better, took a, a Reiki One workshop okay. and Eight and a half years later, you know, I'm doing it professionally. So Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, sometimes you just get those moments of clarity and you're like, this is it. Yeah. This is it.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's really cool that you found massage therapy.
1: Yeah.
0: So on your website, um, if you're just tuning in and you're curious more about Kate Hennessy, you can go to khmassage.com. But on your website, you talk about, um, you work really slowly to calm the nervous system. Um, Can you explain what you mean by that
1: in your practice? Absolutely. So I believe that intentional touch with consent helps us to move from fight or flight mode, so that's the sympathetic nervous system, to um, rest and digest, which is our parasympathetic nervous system. So massage is is one way to do that. And for me, working slowly allows me to be really mindful about what I'm doing. And that's one of the reasons why I got into massage therapy, to have a job where I can focus all my attention on one task at a time. And I've had massages from some therapists that just move you know, move their hands, elbows, everything really fast, and I find that to be just too stimulating, and just for my personality, for my work, for my clients, it just feels better to kind of move my hands, arms, elbows really slowly with thoughtfulness and just being aware of what they're experiencing and how I'm feeling as well.
0: I would imagine that when you're creating such slow movements that you'd also be almost setting that overall pace for the other person to adjust to you.
1: Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: That's really neat. Yeah. Um, So, so when, I guess what I'm trying to understand is when you're, when you're shifting somebody into from uh, going into fight or flight mode and when you're shifting them into more of a relaxed state of mind, calming their nervous system down, how can you tell that that shift has happened when they're laying face down on the table in front of you? What are the the clues that you see on somebody else's body? Right. Or that you feel?
1: Yeah. Well, I would say that one thing that I notice if I have someone who's kind of nervous, they're talking on the table and... That's, that's one thing that I really try to steer away from. Some, maser- some massage therapists are known to be kind of chatty, and I, I won't engage in conversation. I might answer, but I really try to just kind of, like, not. I wouldn't say shut things down, but just keep working, and how I know that they're coming down is that they stop talking or take deep breaths. Having someone take a deep breath kind of signals to me that they're more present with what they're experiencing.
0: Mm, I love that.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you find that people persist in talking no matter your responses? Do they are, are some folks just always wanting to yeah. connect and conversate and relax in that fashion?
1: I do have some clients that are like that, uh, but most often people just want to tune into their body and um, the sessions for them it's not for me um, so they're welcome to keep talking or not talking but for the most part I would say they most of my clients talk for a few minutes and then kind of just release and try to be present in their body and yeah I like that yeah. um, and then you know
0: like do you do you fit I know you know on on your website you talk a lot about how massage is self-care and it's not a luxury item it's it's you know kind of it should be a basic practice how do you find that that fits into your world
1: right yeah so it's it's to be honest it's one thing that I kind of struggle with not I wouldn't say constantly but every so often because it's The way that things are priced now, it's just tailored more for people that have money that can afford it. And I guess that's one of the reasons why I uh, volunteer with People's Medicine Projects, so I can reach different people. And what was the other part of your question about how that fits in for me?
0: Yeah, how do, do you receive massage therapy regularly?
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I... Um, for the first couple years, when I finished massage school, I would do a lot of trades with, with friends. Um, but over the past year, things have gotten kind of crazy. That's a nice reason to get into
0: massage therapy is yeah, to do trades I mean, with friends.
1: <laughs> that's that's another reason why I got into it is to have a skill with my hands that I can trade with other people, not just for other body work, but for herbs, um, vegetables. I did a barter with Just Roots Farm in Greenfield this past summer. Um, for vegetables Um, so but even if I wasn't doing massage now I would definitely be receiving massage at least once to once a month and that's what I aim for right now once a month
0: that's cool I bet those just roots farmers were loving getting trade for their hard labor
1: yeah absolutely I mean they they definitely needed
0: yeah and I can imagine having a background in farming that you would understand the the deep nature of uh of massage therapy for doing field work and farm work
1: right absolutely yeah
0: yeah when somebody does kind of labor like that um what do you notice on their body because you said that there you used to work on concrete floors and that you were lifting 50 pound bags what are the what are the tight spots for um for somebody who's who's kind of working in that fashion
1: mostly upper back the shoulders um, kind of down along the spine um, and underneath the shoulder blades. So we have the scapula, rhomboids, um, trapezius muscles on top of the on top of the shoulders, um, neck too. And but to be honest, kind of everyone that I work with has tension there. It's probably the most common complaint that I receive from clients is if if I ask what area you want me to focus on, it's almost always shoulders and neck. Why is so. that? I think it's how we hold ourselves, um, our work, our work that we do, um, whether typing at a computer or doing physical labor, it's just, yeah, it's kind of just how it is being a human, (laughs) to be honest.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And so the tightness, is that from people curling forward or is it from like where, like what's, what is happening that creates those, um, that tightness holding in that part of the body from your observations?
1: Yeah, I would say holding forward, kind of slouching, having your shoulders push forward instead of having them like held back. Um, posture is a big one as well. Um, doing, you know, typing at a computer. Most people are kind of hunched over, have their shoulders in front of them rather than holding them up um, straight.
0: Can massage therapy correct posture if it's like a shoulder thing, if it's kind of curling in and that's sort of been, is that something that um, like a deep tissue massage would be able to kind of help correct?
1: I think time? that it could help. Um, I don't have so much experience in my own pra- practice to say that someone's posture has been adjusted, Um, I I do think that it can help but I would be more inclined to if someone was really having posture problems I would say combine massage therapy with seeing a chiropractor.
0: Yeah absolutely get it from different angles there.
1: Yeah absolutely the one thing that I've realized doing massage um, receiving massage is it's not one um, it's not a fix-all it's not a cure-all for anything but I think that most people in this world, I I think, as most people are becoming more conscious and aware, we know that there's not an answer, one answer for everything.
0: Yeah. I mean, I feel that way, even in my practice, too. It's sometimes I'm like, you know, you you really could get a physical adjustment here. Mm -hmm. And, you know, whether it's chiropractic, or some kind of, you know, like physical manipulation that would help correct what's happening in this in this spinal area and right. um yeah even like i i move a lot of uh dense emotional energy and belief systems oh, out wow. of people's um out of people's energy fields and uh but yeah sometimes that that physical touch is really really important to people yeah. and um yeah it's it's huge
1: mm-hmm.
0: how has massage therapy directed directly impa- receiving massage therapy uh directly impacted your your physical body or mental emotional all of it
1: yeah. Well, I think that or I felt like for me when I started massage school, I kind of had, I don't know, this is kind of like a big, a big thing to say, but I felt like I had more of a spiritual kind of wake up, wake up call. So I felt the effects, I would say, most immediately physically, uh, more emotionally and mentally, just feeling way calmer easier like easier to adapt to stress emotionally just kind of just feeling lighter in spirit and physically it kind of it came at the right time because while I was in massage school I was still farming so I didn't know that I that I really needed massage until I started receiving it and really saw the benefits then Um, I received the
0: truth right you're like I didn't even know I needed it until I started receiving yeah Yeah. I mean I
1: I received a few massages before I started massage school but I was much younger and wasn't doing much manual labor then um but yeah even now if, if I if I stop massaging I would definitely be receiving massage very regularly that's cool yeah
0: was that intense doing I mean massage therapy is pretty physical
1: right yeah
0: it was that kind of an intense period when you were working when you were farming as well as going to school for massage therapy? What was that uh, like for you
1: oh yeah it was it was so intense. It was <laughs> definitely too much. Um, I definitely have a history of pushing myself way too hard in my work i would I would say the past year or so I've really stepped back from that. This past summer was the first summer that I hadn't farmed in yeah I guess four years or so. oh wow but yeah it was it it proved to be too much of my body doing both of both of those jobs at the same time um so last summer i made or i guess the summer of 2018 i made the decision that that would be the last summer of doing both
0: wow was there was there a moment that you were like no more no more farming
1: Kind of. I mean, I, I can't pinpoint a day, but I remember just just feeling way too sore and just, yeah, just it being way too much. I mean, I, I do still have a stretching routine now that I do most days, and but... Um, I don't need it as much as I used to when I was farming and massaging. Mm.
0: Is the stretching routine to get yourself limber for a full day of massage therapy?
1: Yeah, some sometimes I do massage or sometimes I do stretches before sessions. Um, other times I do them in between. I find that to be most helpful when I'm waiting for a client just, um, yeah, I mean, just stretching my arms, um, doing a lot of, uh, wall stretches. Um, I can't, you know, I can show you right now, but holding holding my arm against the wall, kind of opening up the chest, because that's not, those muscles were not muscles that I was really aware of until I started The massaging. muscles across the chest? Yeah, the muscles across the chest. Um, so I've really been focusing a lot of my attention stretching those muscles, but then also doing thread the needle, pigeon pose, um, downward dog I, I guess I have like a few that I turn to that really help alleviate tension mostly in the shoulders mm,
0: yeah. yeah the shoulders again right yeah. <laughs> no,
1: It all comes back to that I guess yeah, yeah I guess
0: we're a little we're a little top <laughs> heavy in our culture from mm-hmm. from working in front of the computer and using our head and the shoulders Absolutely. definitely capture the the first overflow of the brain mm-hmm. yeah yeah especially working in the healing arts I know that Working with other people, whether it's customer service or just generally working with people, can—it's really important to take care of ourselves first. Right. Um, so, tell me about your um, your personal routine for self care.
1: Right. Yeah. So, I definitely have a routine that I do every morning. It's kind of kind of simple. Nothing too fancy. Wake up, brush my teeth, drink lemon water, meditate, sit down. Meditate. Sometimes it's only five minutes. Other times it's 20 minutes. Kind of depends on the day. Um, And I've been going for walks every morning and that's been really grounding and kind of kickstarts my day and gives me energy. You pass all the fields that you don't have
0: to farm anymore.
1: Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So that's what I do in the morning. Um, In the evening, it's a little less structured. It kind of depends on how many sessions I've done that day or if I have a day off. But usually after dinner, kind of just wind down, have a cup of tea, and read a good book, write in my journal, pretty simple. Sometimes I'll do a yoga, yoga flow if I feel like I really need to calm my mind or just feel super sore. I also really like taking a bath or shower before bed, too. Hmm.
0: So it sounds like you really do pack in a lot in the beginning and a lot at the end of the day to really end cap the work. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I definitely talk about self-care a lot um, with friends, family. And I don't, like I said earlier, I really try not to give advice to clients unless they're asking for it and if I feel comfortable sharing Um, what I know Um, but for me it's it's pretty important and it's not something that has to be fancy or cost a lot of money you know it can just be a walk in the woods or a cup of tea
0: yeah so at home practices right are super super important yeah yeah and so what what impact do you feel like those uh, morning and evening rituals have for you
1: I would say they're definitely very grounding for sure um, and I think that's something um, that's really important for my work, to feel kind of stable, grounded, and confident in what I'm doing, what I'm putting out, and what I'm receiving.
0: Lovely. Yeah. Um, and as you're kind of going throughout the day, do you find that you have a uh, little, I know you kind of mentioned in between clients, you have little, little rituals um, to not little rituals, but um, like kind of little stretching routines right. that you have. Um, do you find that you have specific things to help clear the space? Because I know that sometimes when you're you're working with people and helping them uh, to release whether it's uh, trigger points or kind of areas of tension within their body that sometimes things actually like release out of the energy field from it goes physical is our densest layer of our energy field which is our our body Uh, and then you know there's the emotional and mental layers of our our energy field Um, but sometimes stuff actually like leaves the body Um, do you have a way that you clear the space um, that you uh, like open open your work day that you kind of keep the space clear um, how do you kind of keep that, that energetic hygiene in your office
1: right yeah I think the easiest thing that I do is to just open a window after I finish a session with a client um, I don't uh, I share space so I don't like burn anything anything like that uh, that's something that I do for myself though But kind of just, yeah, just kind of keep it simple. But something that I do do before I uh, start a session with anyone is ground myself. And I think that's probably the most important Um, because I've I've definitely felt after sessions like, whoa, that's hurting. That wasn't hurting before. Like, why is my mind like really racing? So that that's probably most important. But sometimes, right, sometimes that energy does leak. Um, into you know into myself or the space around me so just opening a window and after a session and grounding myself before I start
0: so how what are the practices that you enjoy for grounding yourself yeah what kind of stuff do you like to do
1: so um, well I guess before a session I kind of just say a few words to kind of kind of put like a barrier energetic barrier between myself and my client and just kind of root down or imagine, you know, imagine myself being really rooted and grounded in the earth. So that's what I do before a session. Other than that, I feel like walking in the woods, practicing yoga, meditating, like sitting, sitting on the floor, being as close as close to the ground as possible feels really supportive for me.
0: Hmm, I like that. So it's really your your work during the day is very much anchored. It sounds like in your morning practices.
1: Yeah, I would say so.
0: Yeah. Do you walk even when it's really, really cold out? Yes. Yeah. Every day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What, how, like, tell me about your love for walking. What? What's, I, I, cause I've, I'm been, it's been coming more into my own awareness of like walking has all these benefits and I keep reading about it. And I, I also love walking, but tell me what, tell me about you, like, like your walking routines and what, what that's all about for you.
1: Yeah. So even when it is really cold out, I mean, I I do check the weather before I step outside, but just bundling up and going for a walk, it just, it's just tuning into my breath. I mean, of course my mind is going to other thoughts, um, but it's, yeah, it's just a practice that feels really important to me. And I used to do a lot of running Every now and then I still will, but it proved to be just like too hard on my knees. So walking kinda took the space for that. And you know, walking in the woods, even just thirty minutes it's going up hills, it's still kinda like cardio <laughs> in like a low impact kind of way.
0: Yeah. And so it it, it uh, so it has the cardio, kinda gets your body moving, yeah. all your blood circulating
1: yeah it definitely gives me more energy too and just kind of keeps everything fluid and kind of flowing um and yeah I just feel physically and mentally kind of just more clear I like that
0: yeah yeah it's a good practice Mm -hmm. I remember I went for like a five mile walk the other day it was like last week and I like met some cows down the road oh, sweet. and gave them some Reiki and oh. it was I was just like wow it's so beautiful I mean it was cold but sunny and I was like oh this is what I've been needing in the middle of winter is just Absolutely. getting some sun on my face and it was yeah it felt really nice just to very slowly walk by all these scenes that I drive by right. that takes like a blink of the eye right. when I'm driving or maybe I'm not able to, to fully immerse myself into the that visual like landscape you know so it's, right. yeah it really it brought me a lot of joy I was like oh I should be doing this way more often
1: yeah it's an for me it's also moving slowly right observing our surroundings and I always stop at least two or three times when I'm walking and just pause and take in what I'm observing and just tune into my body Hmm. and then feel so grateful for where we live. It's been really sunny this winter as well, so that's been awesome. Helpful. Yeah.
0: (laughs) And when you talk about tuning into your body, what does that look like for
1: you? Well, it always starts with my breath, for sure.
0: And So you pay attention to your breath first? Right. Like the in-breath, the out-breath?
1: Right, yes. And then I kind of... If I'm doing a meditation, kind of scan my body so that my starts at the top of my head, go down my neck, into my throat, my chest, my abdomen, my legs, my feet. And I find that that really helps ground me. And, or at, at the same time, if I'm feeling stressed, taking a deep breath and noticing where do I feel that in my body right now, recognizing it. But then not judging myself for where I'm feeling tension or if I'm angry or if I did react, just pausing is really important.
0: Yeah. And so do you find that you're able to, when you're kind of pausing and observing those places of uh, tension in your body, what effect does that have for, for you in that moment?
1: Hmm. Well, it definitely calms my nervous system and – We talked earlier about sympathetic versus parasympathetic. I feel like it kind of shifts things in that way for me. And it allows me to kind of think more clearly. Whereas before, if I was was feeling really stressed or noticing tension, I can just calm my mind and recognize it, call it for what it is, not judge it, and then feel more clear about it. I like that.
0: Yeah. Sounds like a very nice practice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know that you you are on the internet uh, currently. Um, if people are curious about the work that you're doing out in this world and deep tissue massage and trauma-informed massage, uh, where where can people, how do you put yourself out there? Where can people find you?
1: Yeah, so people can visit my website, khmassage.com. I try to post, uh, do blog posts there regularly know about self-care but also about deep tissue massage and that kind of thing I'm also on instagram katehen.lmt and then on facebook kate hennessy massage therapist
0: nice very nice um how how do you like to as you're um growing your massage therapy practice how does um, social media fit into that whole scope of of things for you
1: yeah so I I really like Instagram. I think it's a really great platform. And I really like sharing information about myself, self-care, a lot of stuff like that. But then also when when I have a conversation with a client or I overhear something, it kind of makes me curious. So I do a little research about it. I posted about um, knots. We talked about knots, differentiating that between a trigger point and a tender point. So sharing information like that is really is really fun i really enjoy it so demystifying the the behind the scenes yeah yeah it's more for me i try to use it to educate others not not just promote my business yeah that's what it's all about i mean i feel like
0: it's i mean nobody wants to be Sold to constantly. It's just like I, we just want to learn. Yeah, We're just curious people out here. Yeah. So that's lovely. So, so Instagram is a good platform for you, mm-hmm. um, as yeah. well as writing.
1: Yep. Yeah.
0: Cool. Does yeah. um do you get onto the Facebooks at all or any of those other platforms that people can find you?
1: Um, I kind of well, I kind of share posts from Instagram to Facebook, but then I'll also post articles on Facebook separately but I kind of cross post which I don't really know in the social media world if that's like the right thing to do but I kind of just like using both to kind of share similar information. Yeah does that help has that helped grow your business? Yeah I would say so yeah yeah I've been dabbling in Facebook ads and advertisement in general Google my business and yeah I would say I've I've gotten a handful of clients yeah,
0: from there. That's awesome. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm always just curious as how different people use social media um, because, you know, I have, I have friends who are sort of old school massage therapists and they, you get either a number or a business card and they have zero web presence and they have fully booked clients, and then I have other folks that I know that are, you know, younger and growing their business, and social media is an important part of their platform for getting the word out, so right. um, so I'm always just curious as to how people in the healing arts like to, um, to you know, promote themselves. Right,
1: yeah, I mean, I think when I was in massage school, the instructors were always saying it's, you will grow your business by word of mouth, which is huge, of course, Absolutely. but I think, the way the industry's kind of growing, there's so many massage therapists all over the valley, which is amazing. But having a social media presence, I think, is helpful for being found. Um, and I also have online booking, which I think is really important. It just makes it so easy for everyone.
0: Yeah. What, what advice would you give to yourself, the, the, uh, the, coming just straight out of massage school uh, what what advice would you give to yourself uh just getting started being a few years into your career now
1: i would say be patient and take your time don't push yourself too hard
0: do you think your younger self would hear that advice <laughs>
1: um, that's a good question uh maybe a little bit maybe like the patience part don't push yourself i definitely did that for the first couple years but like i said i've Definitely taking a step back and just focusing on one path rather than two has has been helpful for me. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Keyword focus. Right. Yeah.
1: Right. So, what what um, little piece of
0: pieces of advice would you like to throw out into the universe? Having the Valley Free Radio airwaves at your disposal, anything that you want to throw out there that you feel like is important information that you really feel strongly that people should know
1: sure i mean i think just keeping it simple is remember to rest we i just feel like everyone i know is moving so fast you mean doing so many things at once for mostly for other people which is which is great but we need to take care of ourselves first because when we can take care of ourselves we can show up more fully for others in our relationships and our work too
0: yeah do you what is rest I don't even think sometimes people understand the concept of rest. Like what what kind of activities are rest? What do you how do you understand the concept of rest?
1: Right, I think it's I think it can be very individual and specific for every every person. For me, it's having a cup of tea and writing in my journal or reading a book, kind of what I said that I do to kind of wind down at night. But then it can also be taking a walk, taking a break from work. I think that's how I differentiate between working and rest or doing rest, because when I'm working, I'm not really resting,
0: right? Because yeah. when you're working, you're very mentally focused. You're right. like using your body in a very physical way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it. You know, it could be rest. Could also be going for a run for some people, I guess, if it's giving them rest from their work or from another area of their life. Hmm,
0: interesting. Yeah. I like
1: that framework. Yeah. Yeah, that's great.
0: Well, thank you so much, Kate. Um, I appreciate that you come on the show and, you know, shared with us about your your passion and, and what you do.
1: Yeah, thanks so much for having
0: me, Caroline. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so like I said, if you are curious about um, what Kate does, you can go to her website and check out more for yourself, which is uh, Kate. HMassage.com. Have a great weekend, everyone, and be well.